Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 23. I hope you guys are having an absolutely fantastic day, a good start to the week and a really, really nice weekend since we last spoke as well. So today's podcast topic is going to be all around the topic of meal timings. And I think this is a, a topic often misunderstood and very much so uh, misused a lot in the industry as well. For me, I kind of like to look at um, everything regarding nutrition as a bit of a hierarchy and a pyramid. And I think we touched on this, it might have been with the uh, Daniel Davey podcast, this kind of hierarchy, if anyone did listen to that. So number one on the hierarchy or a pyramid, if you can visualize a pyramid in your head, and um, the top of the pyramid and the top of the triangle almost that is the most important and the bottom is the least important. So for me, at the top of the, the pyramid or the top of the hierarchy is going to be number one is going to be overall caloric value, overall calories consumed really. And this is going to absolutely dictate body composition changes. Like from a fat loss perspective or a muscle growth, we need to be in the right place caloric wise to facilitate these and to, to make sure that we're being driven in the right direction. So number one is always going to be calories. Number two then is going to be mac- uh, macronutrients. This always has to be number two for me for sure, nailing these down um, to make sure that we're optimizing our overall health and also body composition. So anyone who is um, unsure what macronutrients are, that is gonna be protein, carbs, and fats. And protein is gonna be the building blocks for muscle tissue, carbohydrates are gonna be the fuel, and then fat is gonna be used for cognitive function, hormonal health, and overall health in general. So these are always gonna be number two below below caloric targets or calories. Number three is very, very, very close for me and that is going to be meal timings and something that something that I think a lot of people forget about or just don't utilize to their advantage uh, as much as what I would probably call it. So what are the what are meal timings and why are they so important? And for me they, there are four reasons. So in the word what are meal timings it's the timing of our meals across on a daily across the day on a daily basis. There are four reasons for me why they are so important. One they can we can definitely maximize muscle growth. Two, we can improve performance and improve digestion. Number three, we can improve satiation or, or satiety across the day. And also number four, we can optimize and, and, and improve our sleep as well. So let's break these down, these four topics or these four um, reasons why I think that they're so important. So number one, muscle growth. And we talk about muscle protein synthesis and that's the, the main mechanism for, for building muscle tissue internally. So research will show us that that there's been that frequent spikes of muscle protein synthesis, or I'll, re, I'll rephrase that again. Research will tell us that, that frequent spikes of protein across the day will yield a much better response to muscle protein synthesis. Rather than having, let's say, 200 gram uh, protein rich meals, so two really, really big meals, lots of chicken fillets or whatever uh, protein source that we're having, and compared to four to six meals at let's say 50 to 33 respectively will allow a much, much more frequent spike of muscle protein synthesis across the day and a bigger driver for muscle growth. And pretty much what that means is instead of having 200 gram meals, which is 200 grams of protein, and we can probably have four to six meals at 50 to 33 grams, and that will give us a much, much better response for, for building muscle tissue because muscle protein synthesis is spiked more frequently across the day. So again, like I will say, 
the overall macronutrient of protein is the most important value. But I think that um, I know that well, most people on this podcast and myself as well, we're all able to hit our protein goals. There's no problem with that. So we may as well be optimal here and we may as well follow, follow the research. So in summary there, four to six spikes of, I would say 20 grams minimum, to be honest, um, of protein per meal across the day. Number two then is going to be performance and digestion. And before we start this, I just need to ask you, and I would like you to answer in your own head, one single question. How is muscle actually grown? The answer to that is going to be a progressive stimulus in performance. Okay, so if, if performance is below par, then we're minimizing our chance to create a progressive stimulus. And if we're minimizing our chance to, to create a progressive stimulus, then we're minimizing our chance to, to grow new muscle tissue. So it's all driven through a progressive stimulus in training performance. Some of you will have heard of the uh, phrase or the abbreviation called peri-workout nutrition. And that is an abbreviation for pre, intra, and post-workout nutrition. So it's called peri-workout. For myself, my clients and I, pre-workout and post-workout are the most important meals of the day, without a shadow of a doubt. When you think of it, we can, we can absolutely 100% alter our training performance through the foods that we eat and when we actually eat them. And when we talk, bring this all back to performance and digestion, how is muscle grown? Through a progressive stimulus in performance. So performance, performance, performance is such an important variable here. So we can maximize that through the foods that we eat and the times that we eat them. So for example here, if you were to, let's say, have a banana before you train a leg session, a leg session that I have planned for you as well, a really, really tough one as one example. And then if you were to have, let's say, 100 grams of oats, and some whey, dark chocolate, three grams of pink salt, half a banana in there, let's say 120 to 150 minutes prior to your session, tell me there's no difference. I would like you all to try that and give it an example or give it a, give it a test and see if there's any difference in your performance. I would be absolutely shocked if any of you wrote me a message during the week saying that having a banana 15 minutes before your leg session was any way better quality than the other one. Uh, the other uh, oats, etc. Big, big carb, carb dominant meal, 120 minutes to 150 minutes prior to your session. The reason for this is one, obviously, the amount of fuel and calories going in, but mainly we need time for digestion. With no digestion comes no utilization of that food. If we can't use the food, then why are we having it at the end of the day? You're simply wasting money and you're wasting nutrients if you're eating the food too close to your workout window. It takes, now this is approximately, depending on the individual, about 120 minutes for the food to clear the stomach that we can start to digest and utilize that food. 120, 150, 180, might be 90, completely dependent on the individual and how good their digestive system is. So we need time to allow that to happen, every single meal for, for, for that matter, but in particular, our pre-workout meal and also um, our post-workout meal as well. You might be saying, I'll be starving by the time that I train if I was to have something 120 to 150 minutes before my meal. And that, that might be the case if you were to have a banana, of course, or something really small. But I can promise you, I promise you 100% that if you have a big carb dense pre-workout meal, you will not be saying that. If you had that meal, 100 grams of oats, whey, dark chocolate, three grams, three grams of pink salt and half a banana before you went and trained, that will hold you um, hold satiety enough before you train. You will not be starving before you train, trust me. 
So that is pre, pre-workout meals covered. 120 minutes before to allow digestion to occur so we can maximize performance. So let's set the scene now. You've just annihilated that leg session that we talked about, the one that I have planned for us. Hacks, barbell squat, leg press, split squats, drop sets, rest pauses, the works. The really, really intense leg session. The minute you finish, and for about 15 to 20 minutes after that, is the worst possible time to eat your post-workout meal. And some of you might be saying, what are you talking about, Josh? What about this, this anabolic window that's... Um, that's supposed to be only between one and 30 minutes after we train or whatever that is not the case and I'm actually gonna I will do another podcast on this topic but we know that it actually lasts about six hours post six to eight hours post workout so it doesn't need to be hammered and I'll put my hands up here and I think I've said this a couple of times on the podcast I would literally finish a set of bicep curls and have a protein shake shaked up ready to go on the ground the minute I finish it I down the hatch protein shake But now I understand that is the worst possible time for me to have that meal. And you might be asking, why is that the the case? The main reason is because we are so sympathetically dominant. Our nervous system is on the the sympathetic side of the nervous system. And that is the fight or flight response um, to the nervous system. So we talk about the fight or flight response. What is that? It's, It's when we have our heart rate is up. Our blood is then shunted out of the digestive system to our limbs, our arms and our legs, literally ready to protect our body in survival mode. It's, it's like that fight or flight response. It's been made, sympathetic part of the nervous system has been made to protect us. It's been made to, that if we see a, a lion or a bear in front of us, that we're able to, to get into this fight or flight response in this high heart rate, blood shunted into our limbs, ready to fight, Okay. So in that mode, like I just said, the blood is, shunt, blood is shunted out of the digestive system where digestive tract to our limbs. So we have no blood in the digestive system. You will not be able to digest and you will not be able to use that food, utilize that food efficiently now. So when we look at that, then why are we having meals in those first kind of 15, 20 minutes when we actually can't digest or utilize that food? So for me, um, I like to give a 60 minute rule to all my clients to go off after your session have a shower, chill out, get some guided breathing work done, maybe the 5, 10, 15, 20 minute rule where we can just calm our nervous system. And when we are calm, when we're relaxed, when our heart rate is low, we are now parasympathetically dominant. Okay, so the one side is the sympathetic side, the other side is the parasympathetic side. Me right now, I'm sitting in a chair in my office, nice and relaxed, talking to all you guys. I'm very, very chilled. I'm parasympathetically dominant right now. That is, I'm currently in the rest and digest side of the nervous system. The other one, like I said, is the fight or flight response. When we're in that rest and digest side, we can now digest and utilize that food. So we need timings, meal timings, again, the the point of this podcast, in place to allow ourselves to calm our nervous system so we can actually digest and utilize that food. Remember the phrase, you are what you eat. It should actually be, you are what you eat, digest, absorb and don't excrete. We need to be in the right part of the nervous system to actually allow ourselves to uptake these nutrients. So making sure that we give ourselves enough time. Just because the food is going in the mouth does not mean it's being absorbed. Okay, let that settle in for a second. Just because the food is going in the mouth does not mean it's absorbed. We need to chew it correctly, mechanically digest, chemically digest and be in the right side of the nervous system to allow maximal absorption and maximal utilization. So in summary, 120 minutes of a before or pre-training to digest and utilize that food, 
to aid in aid in improving, excuse me, I'll rephrase that, to aid in improving performance. So 120 minutes pre-training and then 60 minutes plus post-training to aid digestion and utilization of that food. Number three then is going to be satiety as we talked about. This one I would like to say first and foremost is completely personal preference. However, I've coached a lot of people at this stage of my career and I would say that about 90% of people who I have worked with and who will work with are much more satiated with four to five meals over the day than three meals, even if calories are aligned. I would even say if we had less calories in four to five meals across the day and more calories in three, I would, I would be on the, on the thought process that you would be more satiated through four to five meals. How? How might you ask? Or I'm sure a lot of you guys are saying, what the hell is he talking about right now? More calories in three meals, less calories in four to five meals. The reason for this, and this is my thought on it anyway, is the more time that you spend eating through the day, research will show that the longer that you eat, the more satiety comes with it. There's so many research studies that show if you eat like three meals for, for 10 minutes long each meal, okay? And if you eat three meals for 20 minutes long each meal, your, your satiety is much higher through the 20 minute meals and then your overall calorie consumption for the day is likely to be much less. So in retrospect, and what that actually means is the longer time you spend eating throughout the day, the more satiety you have and the less calories that you will probably need for that day. So in summary, the more time that you can spend eating, the longer it takes you in that meal to chew your meals, enjoy your meals, and be in that parasympathetic side of the nervous system, keeps satiety very, very high. So again, from, from a perspective of meal timings and bring this back, I would like to say that four or five meals spread across the day and have a little bit less time in between them will keep satiation higher than three meal timings throughout the day. The last and final one that we will talk about is going to be sleep. I'm pretty sure that I touched on it this week or last week um, on my stories on Instagram um, about that when we have our last meal can affect our sleep. What time we have our last meal can absolutely affect our sleep. If you were to hammer a massive, big, big meal close to your sleep window, let's say it's um, 20, 30 minutes before your sleep, your digestive system automatically goes into overdrive. From the minute you finish that meal or the minute that you take that first bite and, and swallow that um, swallow that first bite of your meal for the next about 120 minutes approximately again depending on the person and after that your digestive system just goes into to overdrive to maximize and process this food immediately in case of the fact that you were to eat again it needs to have that food through the digestive system as, as quick as we can we don't want to be heading to bed when that happens we don't want to be heading to bed when our, our, our digestive system is in overdrive to try and process the food that we just ate. So imagine having a steak, um, some seitan, any vegan options, whatever it is, tofu, um, eggs, whatever it is, and some sweet potato before you went, 30 minutes before you went to bed. You wouldn't be able to sleep a wink. Well, I definitely wouldn't anyway, because that food is just sitting in your stomach. Your digestive system is in overdrive. It's, it's very, very maximally driven right now. You, the, the likelihood of you sleeping is very, very poor. So give yourself at the very least 90 minutes, I like to say to all clients, give yourself 90 minutes, ideally 120 minutes from your last meal, so the last bite of your last meal um, to the minute that you climb into bed to switch off the lights, to allow the food to actually digest. This way then you can fall, can fall into a much deeper, much more comfortable and much more restorative sleep 
a lot quicker. So in summary of all these that we just talked about, number one, two, three, and four, yes, overall caloric targets are number one on the hierarchy. Macronutrient targets are number two on the hierarchy, but very, very close behind are meal timing. So do not neglect them. As you can see from a, um, a muscle growth perspective, having four to six meals of 20 grams minimum per day um, will maximize the amount of muscle protein synthesis across the day and maximize the amount of muscle growth that you can produce. From a performance and digestion perspective, um, allowing us time, 120 minutes pre-workout to digest and utilize that food to maximize our performance, but also post-workout giving ourselves 60 minutes plus to aid digestion of that food and we can actually utilize that food to aid muscle growth. Satiety perspective, we can again have more meals throughout the day is going to keep us fuller and then having 120 minutes, 90 to 120 minutes pre-sleep is only going to maximize and improve your sleep quality. So guys, I really, really hope this podcast has helped. I really enjoyed doing it. It was, it was a topic that I've wanted to do for quite a while. I didn't know whether to do it on my um, Instagram or on my stories. But I really hope you guys did uh, find value in it. I always say this, but I really, really do mean it. Um, hopefully you can take something, some uh, nuggets away from this and utilize it with your own um, trained performance, etc., and your own day-to-day or with your clients if you are coaches. Um, but if you did take value from this, I would kindly ask you to share it on your share the podcast on your stories. As always, the more people I can reach, the better. So every time I see one that is is shared on some stories that they've tagged me in it, I really, really do appreciate it. It means a lot, and I know that um, I'm providing value. And when I know that you guys are enjoying it and putting it up on your stories, it means that I am providing value, and I will definitely keep them coming more often. Then. And finally, guys, the last thing that I will leave you with is going to be that there are very, very minimal spaces available for online coaching right now before I'll have to to shut up shop and stop taking anyone else on and create a waiting list for it. So um, now is the time for you to come on board and join the team um, and take your physique to the next level. And I'd absolutely love to have you on board the team. Um, To start this process, all you'll need to do is to fill out an online coaching application form. You'll find that in the first link in my bio on my Instagram, Josh Cowan Conditioning. And once you fill that in, I can learn a little bit of information about you, what your goals are, the type of coaching that you want, and also your contact information. Once I receive that, I will be in touch over the next few days and start you on this process. So otherwise, guys, thank you so much for listening again. Like I said, I really, really, really appreciate every single one of you that tune in and listen to this. It means the world to me. Have an absolutely fantastic day, and I will catch you all in the next one.